0: Welcome to the KupingaCall Analyst Chat. I'm your host. My name is Matthias Reinwald. I'm the director of the practice identity and access management here at KupingaCall Analysts. Today, I have two guests, and it's worth it. We want to talk about a topic that we have not yet covered in that form or shape. Uh, my guests today are, first of all, John Tolbert. He is the director of cybersecurity research at KupingaCall. Hi, John. Good to see you. Good to have you.
1: Hi, Matthias. Good to be back again.
0: Uh, great to have you. And for the first time, um, we have Osman Zelig. He is a research analyst with Coppinger Cole, working together, obviously, with John. Hi, Osman.
2: Hi, Matthias. It's nice to see you for the first time here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and um, we want to start with a topic, which is, again, yet another new acronym. It's ASM. Uh, we want to talk about um, attack surface management. First of all, For the listeners that hear that for the first time, and not too long ago, I was hearing that for the first time as well. uh, Can you give give us a brief overview of what is attack service management and why it's so critical within today's cybersecurity?
1: Sure. (laughs) Attack service management is primarily a cloud-delivered service. Um, It is designed to help customer organizations find weaknesses in their uh, infrastructure. Uh, it can start with like looking for assets, uh, finding vulnerabilities or pulling in vulnerability information, business context information, and then helping them prioritize the risks so that they can remediate them. Osman?
2: Yeah, I, I could contribute to, uh, I agree with John and I could contribute to, the, uh, to that uh, in, in some uh, small extent. Uh, what I can say is that, um, we know what, uh, what are the, like, we have this, um, philosophical schema, you know, like known, knowns, unknown, knowns. And I think so far, uh, with the cybersecurity measurements, we were, uh, taking measurements against the, uh, the known unknowns, like what we know and uh, that we don't have an, any, uh, solution for, but, um. The approach that ASM is taking is more like ooh, is making you ready for the unknown unknowns. Like this is like the most trickiest part, I guess, because it is a proactive approach to cybersecurity threats. And you know, with the traditional methods like pen testing or vulnerability management, you can only take measurements against the, the, the trust, the, the risks that you know that you are going to hit by at some point, some, sometime soon, or you have been, you have already at the incident in your organization. But with ASM, what, what ASM does is like unique in that sense, I would say. And then it prepares you for what you are going to be hit by in the next months, next years. So that's what, uh, that's what, that's what makes uh, ASM very unique in the sense, I would say.
0: Okay, I'm seeing a pattern here because I just did recently an episode with our colleague Mike Small, and he talked about cloud security posture management, and he was talking about the same phenomenon that that infrastructures are so volatile that that things change so quickly within the infrastructure, but also the threats change so dramatically and so 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 rapidly. So that is also something that is covered and, and countered with attack surface management. So this dynamic nature of, of the attack surface is really something that this solutions specifically target. So the this continuous, continuous evolving of, of the attack surface, um, how do, do these ASM solutions that actually really tackle these uh, this, this dynamics within the attack surface, maybe starting with, with Osman?
2: Yeah, uh, I mean uh, that's a good, great question. Uh, when we think about the dynamic nature of attack surfaces, I can like directly think about like you know what an attack surface is and what an attack vector is. The attack surface is dynamic for sure. You have your IT environment, and then you have your components, uh, physical or uh, like the tangible and intangible ones. So your attack surface could be anything like your assets, your users, your devices. But on the other hand, uh, you have an attack vector. You have an attack vector that's being targeted by attack vectors, and that is the, 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 I think, the difficult one to control. And uh, that's where you also need to be more careful because uh, you have this evolving attack vectors. You know, like in the past, we had like only one small, uh, very easy to detect phishing email. Now they are getting so complicated. Just think about it and now i can list off 20 different attack vectors that can uh, that sh- uh, an attack surface management uh, solution should address and it, the number is growing and uh, we were trying to like you know detect like how many attack vectors actually we can uh, highlight uh, uh for a solution and then actually at the end we were like okay uh, this is a lot of uh, attack vector that we need to address a solution it address and at the end, we come to a consensus that okay, we should just probably see what each vendor is doing differently, and that's what actually is part of the. That's also part of the dynamic nature, because uh, I think everyone is just uh, every vendor is entitled to what they are uh, coming across in this dynamic uh, environment.
1: I would say.
0: Right. Anything to add from your side, John?
1: Yeah, you know, there's many organizations I think sort of struggle with keeping an eye on all the, especially public-facing assets that they have. Uh, You know, there are test environments. There's use of shadow IT where, uh, you know, maybe people outside of your IT department go out and provision cloud services, SaaS services. And you may, as an IT department, not know about that. And then there are other cases, you know, we call it typo squatting where, uh, you will a bad guy will go out and you know register a domain that's very very similar to your domain and try to redirect traffic there. That can be used to send out phishing emails, and certainly you don't want your organization to look like it's responsible uh, for you know being part of phishing or or business email compromise. So there's a whole lot of things that can go on that are sort of outside of what. You know, most IT security organizations might necessarily easily be aware of. So, uh, attack surface management uh, can help find those things that uh, are are going on that, that that you may be unaware of. And I think we yeah. should mention that there's two major kinds of attack surface management. There's external attack surface management, which is all about looking at the outside, you know, all the web-facing things that an organization might have out there. And then there's cyber asset attack surface management, which is more of an internal view. Those generally link to other asset management or configuration management databases, uh, unified endpoint management, mobile device management, and those kinds of systems to pull in information about known assets but then add a layer of um, analytics on top of that to be able to determine whether or not they have different kinds of vulnerabilities or if they're misconfigured.
2: I can maybe add a couple of things to what John uh, just said. Yes, uh, John is right about the attack vectors also. Uh, And uh, uh, the thing that we should never forget that the the cyber criminals are using uh, different techniques and tactics every year. And then their methods are also evolving and then, Uh, Attack surface management is an ongoing process. Uh, I think that this, like, you know, this is something that uh, I provision uh, that we will see more often in the upcoming years because the the trends are changing very frequently. So we need to have a proactive approach. The second thing about what John said, this, uh, this two uh, separate ASMs. In the beginning of our research, we wanted to see if we can actually unify this as a single uh, approach as only ASM, attack surface management, but it was rather a difficult one. Uh, As John said, uh, different vendors approach to attack surface management differently, like from external side and an internal side, as as he highlighted. But uh, one thing to note, I think that uh, some vendors will try to seek out a way to uh, see if they can unify these two approaches under one name, attack surface management. I think the time will show us if it's going to happen or not.
0: Right. And um, John mentioned that, uh, that um, there is shadow IT, there's IT you just don't even know of, and that is constantly changing. And the, the, the same company will look differently to the outside and from the inside uh, two weeks from now, uh, as it does today. So how do these systems deal with this changing environment with these devices showing up and and being removed with virtual machines fired up and then again just closed down or retired so how do these solutions deal with this um with these assets that are changing over time um i've read through the document i've i've at least quickly skimmed through it and i found the term asset discovery so really understanding what Um, what is actually to be protected, and this is actually the first step. So can you maybe dig a bit deeper into the importance of asset discovery and how this is executed in these attack service management systems?
1: Sure. Well, you know, the way most of the external attack service management solutions work is when you sign up for the service, you go in and put in your domain name, and uh, some of them will just kind of take it from there. Uh, so they'll look at the registration. They'll look at ASNs. They'll look at you know any and all associated IPs. They will uh, try to generate permutations of those domain names to look for typo squatting, and then from there they will gather information about each found uh, subdomain IP address, certificate that's associated, or application, uh, even credentials. Uh, everything that can be found on, on the open web. Some of them also engage in dark web monitoring, and we can talk more about that uh, in a minute. But that's kind of how they get started um, from the external ASM perspective. On the cyber asset ASM perspective, like I said, they're, they're mostly drawing from other configuration management or UEM kinds of databases, and, uh, and and then how do they, how do they keep up with it? It's scan scan scan. You know, it's not that you can just do a scan like this once or twice a year. Uh, most of these solutions will allow for uh, you know fairly regular scanning, maintaining a database, and then alerting when something's new and different. Um, because if you don't do that, you wind up sort of like doing just periodic vulnerability management or periodic pen testing. And as we know, uh, that isn't particularly effective anymore. Osman?
2: Well, yeah, uh, I can uh, add add something small again. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, we are trying to take measures against cyber criminals and they are mostly after your uh, critical assets or your sensitive information. And we can uh, all find them in our uh, physical or digital attack surface. And then they are spread and we don't know sometimes where they are. And if sometimes we don't know that, we have that specific asset. So a tech service management is uh, trying to automate this and uh, trying to make this uh, identification of uh, assets uh, in a continuous way. And then, well, what is now better than an automated system now? I think automation is again, every, uh, uh, like uh, getting everywhere. And uh, asset discovery, once you automate it, and once you do it const- continuously, you're definitely one step ahead of the vulnerability management and the pen testing solutions. So this is what, again, what, what uh, makes ASM a unique solution.
0: Right. So now that we know what the assets are, we know what the threats are. We know that there is a high volume of assets and threats. Um, how do these systems deal with these, with this large number of, of assets and threats? Are they all treated the same um, or is there prioritization? Is there, is there, a risk-based approach. I'm always asking that question so when it comes to, to 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 mitigating risk. Is there a top-down approach, and where does this com- uh, information come from? What what is high risk? What is of high importance? How does prioritization work in these uh, ASM systems? Maybe starting with Osman.
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, so uh, yeah, if depending on the solutions, for example, we have come across with different numbers. Uh, speaking of number of assets, for example, some vendors were telling us that they are able to, uh, manage 500 K assets. This is like something really low. And some vendors were like managing over 500 million assets. Like that was a huge, and, uh, like the average number, what number was around like, uh, 10 to hundred million, uh, assets for, uh, especially big one, big vendors. So there's a lot of assets. And, um, uh, when you think about like some, uh, uh, conglomerates or some um, international companies organizations you definitely need to prioritize something and uh, you definitely need to eliminate false positives and uh, the priorities prioritization uh, comes into play here and uh, you need to know what is relevant to your market what is relevant to your organization and what is most what is the most threatening uh, what is the most risky thing to take measures uh, against so a uh, tech surface management uh, contextualized what is uh, what are the, what are the threats and what are the risks for your organization or for your company and uh, then uh, from there on you can start uh, fixing the problems one by one and uh, if you have like 1,000 risks but if you have only need to take care of uh, let's say 10 of them uh, in the uh, in the short term then that's uh, how you actually utilize asm
1: Right, John. Yeah, you need to know what kind of vulnerabilities are to understand your risks, and you also need to put that in a business context. So most of these solutions look at things like CVEs and CVESS, you know, uh, vulnerability scoring uh, for you know known vulnerabilities, Uh, and then they also consider whether or not these are have any exploits in the wild. Uh, You know, a theoretical vulnerability. Uh, it's still a, a risky thing, but if there's a known exploit, it's you know far more risky than than one that's theoretical. You know they also look at things like the National Vulnerability Database, the US CISA uh, key exploitable vulnerabilities. Then they they can enumerate and look for what versions of operating systems uh, each component is running on, and whether or not there are patches that are missing. They can look for misconfigurations or if controls are not in place. Um, and some even go to the level of uh, whether or not uh, there have been over-provisioned entitlements associated with that or credentials. Uh, so that's uh, there's a lot of different variations that we see in the capabilities there. But lastly, I'll add here, you know, the business context piece, kind of alluding to what uh, Osman was talking about. Uh, you, you may have a thousand vulnerabilities, but a a good attack service management system can tell you which are the ones that you really need to focus on right now. Which are the ones that, if they were compromised, would cause you the most damage. And I think that that element of prioritization uh, is what can make these extremely valuable tools.
2: Yeah, and uh, just one thing to add to what John said. Um, uh, when it comes to risk scoring, uh, we, I've noticed that, uh, most of the vendors are doing a good job and, uh, I could say there are two kinds of methods for this. Some of them are just extracting the, the data from uh, like, they just use the CVSS score, for example, and they just, okay, this is something critical because this has been highlighted as, uh, critical. So you need to know, uh, but some, some vendors actually, uh, Consider the uh, the market you are in, the industry you are, you are in, and the kind of customize that risk score, and also prioritize it depending on your needs. This is what I what I prefer, of course. And uh, as I said, like the, they just let you know, you know, like if this is relevant to you or not, like with uh, red with raising red flag, or just saying, okay, this is a medium threat, or they they can also use some numerics, like you know. This is like uh, 50 out of 100. They all lead to the same uh, logic. But yeah, uh, at the end, there are two logics, and I think they're they're both fine.
0: Right, and I think the information that that relies on, and this is a perfect segue for me to get back to something that John already hinted at, and I'm really interested in that. I hope the audience as well. And that is these emerging trends. And you've mentioned um, dark web monitoring. That, of course, sounds interesting. That is the, the darker side of cybersecurity and looking over the fence on how the bad people are doing it. Um, but also just thinking of, of, of new architectures, hybrid architectures like cloud and IoT. How do these trends, how are they covered in ASM tools? And especially, can you dig a bit deeper into these this dark web monitoring, of course?
1: Sure. Well, yeah, you've kind of hit on some of the major trends that I think we see so far. You know, um, EASM especially uh, is really, really taking off Uh, every organization that has any web-facing property really should be considering this strongly at this point. Um, You know, the feature sets, I mean, we've kind of talked about a lot of the different features that are sort of spread out across all the vendor products. Not all the vendor products have all these features. Uh, it's still kind of an emerging field. I think we're going to see standardization in the future set in the not-too-distant future. Um, brand protections, sometimes called digital risk uh, management, uh, will will become even more important in a looking for things that may impact your brand. Uh, that can be tied to dark web monitoring. If there are mentions of your company on the dark web, if there are leaked credentials or leaked intellectual property, that's part of what dark web monitoring does. Um, and, and those things, I think, will also sort of rise as important features in uh, EASM as well. Um, and, and kind of going back to what Osmond said, I think that eventually we'll see sort of a unification between cyber asset and external uh, attack surface management Uh I think both are very valuable but in the long run most organizations are going to want to be able to get uh, these kinds of features out of the same product you know nobody really wants to buy and manage two different products you know that's two different contracts increased cost and whatnot so those are some of the trends that I think we see right now Osman anything else to add I totally agree
2: uh, like the uh, deep web monitoring or uh, like or the uh, brand protection brand intel uh, is one of the reasons why I also think that there will be a unified solution sometime soon. And, uh, well, um, when we think about the attack surface, like, sorry, the, the, the surface level internet, it, because it's not only the deep web, but there are like some repositories like GitHub or like the paste in websites that most people ignore. Uh, and uh, uh, some uh, ASM solutions started to do... Uh, uh some scanning of scanning of those websites monitoring of those sites on top of web uh, dark web which is like has no ending as we know and uh, that's also something more emerging i, w- I would say and uh, on top of that i could say that uh, one of the very like i think one of the most interesting uh, thing i have seen in this market that some vendors started to uh also auto- automate auto- automate their uh, remediation process. And, uh, this was something very interesting to see for me. And, uh, I mean, uh, just automating a remediation process uh, without a human involvement, uh, without the expert involvement was very interesting. And, uh, this is one of the trends that I think we will see in the most uh, ASM vendors in the upcoming, uh, upcoming years. Some vendors are already uh, uh, doing a very good job in this market. Maybe John uh, can say something about this.
1: Too. Yeah, there's a wide range. I mean, we did release a leadership compass on it, and I think uh, it would be very good for organizations that are looking for this kind of functionality to take a look at it. Because, as we said, there's a you know sort of a broad range of functionality. Not every product does everything. So uh, we try to not only score you know based on what we think are the most important features, but in the write-ups we. Uh, Try to call out in the text the things that uh, are features that you might want to look for. So it's a good place to start if you're looking for uh, an attack service management solution to get an idea of not only what's out there in the market, but kind of help you start figuring out what's most important for your particular organization.
0: Right. When we think of the vendor landscape, um, and, and you mentioned this is a leadership compass. So in the end, it is a, a list of vendors and products and services. Um, are these the usual suspects that you expect in the security, cybersecurity market anyway? Or is this a new group or at least a new added group of vendors that they this bigger perspective when it comes to cybersecurity, look to the left and to the right, to the background sources, to uh, external threat information and combine this into this overall attack attack service management. So how does the market look like?
2: Maybe I can start uh, giving a quick answer to this because I think John would be the best person to to answer to this question. The reason is that I am now familiar with the ASM market, but John can do a better comparison with the other vendor markets there. The, the the thing I noticed here is that uh, there is not a consensus on what an ASM does actually, and that's why we still have this distinction of external and internal internal let's say uh, ASM, and uh, different vendors focus on different uh, functions. Some of them highlight AI already. Some of them are still doing pentesting, like uh, as a service, and th- th- that's like I think super normal because when we think of some governmental uh, organizations they still have traditional it environments so uh, i think that each vendor is uh, trying to uh, bring a solution uh, to the table and i think they're they are doing the right thing but uh, as i said uh, there is not a unified approach i i didn't see it i could say yeah
1: Yeah, I I think you know to answer the question. Yeah, we see some of the major cybersecurity platform players in there, and there are also some specialist startups uh, that you know have a different take on that. Um, and there's already been some consolidation, and you know, as most things happen in cybersecurity and IAM, there'll probably be more consolidation going forward. But we also probably expect new entrants into the market because. It is a hot topic. It's something that really can add value to a security architecture uh, so I expect to see further investment in in more startups uh, and and more development overall in this market.
0: That sounds interesting, so it's not not another yet boring because mature and saturated market it's it's a new market, it's an upcoming emerging market um with with lots of new entrants and lots to discuss about and where can you discuss this? Of course, we are running a cybersecurity event by the mid of November, um, where John will be there. And I, I think Osman, you will be there and I will be there. And the discussion can be started and continued there as well. So an, a new market, a new emerging market is, of course, something that um, demands for discussion, exchange with peers and, and, and. Yeah, just talking to those who have similar, um, experience right now or the same challenges and have already made some, some experiences as well. And of course, talk to our experts like John and, and Osman. Um, so cyber evolution is highly recommended. And I think you will talk about that at cyber evolution as well, right, John? Yes. Sounds good. Quick answer and good answer because that's, if somebody's interested more in this topic of ASM, um, you can A, go to the com website and just, um, pick up the leadership compass on, um, attack service management by Osman and John. Um, they can. Leave a comment, leave a question below this video on YouTube or reach out to Osman, John or me uh, via the usual channels. The mail addresses are easy to find on our website and we will answer, promised. Um, and if you want to really lead an in-person discussion with uh, John, with Osman, with me and maybe users already of these solutions, come to Cyber Evolution in Frankfurt in the middle of November and join the discussion for the time being, John, Osman, thank you very much for being my guest today. Any final words you want to add when it comes to ASM and what you're expecting for the future, maybe starting with Osman?
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, I think, uh, as you said, the the, the attack surface and the attack vectors are pretty dynamic nowadays, and uh, the, um, the cyber criminals are changing their tactics and methods every year. So uh, we need to have a we need to have a, a proactive solution in place in our organizations. And I think that ASM could be that solution that everyone is looking for, that unified solution. I don't know if it's going to happen in the one, two years' time, but maybe in the short to medium term, I think that ASM come into uh, to the play uh, with, the, with all strengths it has, with all strengths it's promising actually. And thanks for hosting me for the first time, by the way.
1: Hi. John, final thoughts? Um, yeah, it's an important topic. It's an important product area. We're going to talk about this and many other important cybersecurity topics at Cyber Evolution. So as you said, hope everyone can join us there absolutely so thanks again john osman looking
0: forward to having you soon on this podcast again especially you osman and seeing you uh in frankfurt uh, you and maybe the audience in person and reach out to us when you've listened to that podcast and leave your comment thanks again have a great day thank you osman and john bye bye
1: bye